The Longbox Crusade presents G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. Welcome to G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Do Years. I'm your commander, Pat Sampson, codenamed DJ Christados, and joining me as always is my battle buddy in this operation, Jared Albrick, the yard sale artist, codename Death Probe. Mm, at ease, DJ Christados, and to all the green shirts tuning into this podcast, I want to welcome you all to Fort Longbox. We appreciate you tuning in to talk some post-2000 G.I. Joe comics with us as we chronicle our way through the Devil's Do Run. This episode is sponsored by Omaha Bound Entertainment. Omaha Bound is your best choice for hard binding those special comics in your collection. And Pat, I know that the the listeners can't see this, but Pat, do you see my G.I. Joe comic books laying around anywhere as you look on your computer screen? I do not. You do not. And you know why you don't? Because you're not so fancy? I'm not fancy, but do you know where they're at? Yes. I think I know where they're at. Where they're at, Pat? I think they're at our fancy binding Mm -hmm. place. That's right. They are currently at omahabound.com because I've had several of my collections hardbound by them. They do the best work. And here's one of the best parts is they make a unique cover design for every comic they do. So you know you're getting a -a one-of-a-kind treasure when you have your comics bound with omahabound.com. You can't go wrong. Mm -mm, Check them out today. I'm looking forward to them coming back so I can show them off to you. But right now, they're off getting bound. I'm not currently fancy, but I will be future fancy. I'm so fancy. You already know. Anyway, check out OmahaBound.com today. They got a bunch of cool stuff. In addition to their hard-binding comics, you can't go wrong. All right. On this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, DJ Cristados and I are going to rotate in a special ops guest on the show. For this episode, our special ops guest is none other than Kyle Benning, codenamed King Size. Welcome to Fort Longbox, Kyle. Hey, thanks for having me. We're like G.I. Joe cousins in some way. Yeah. Kyle started on the Real American Headcast with Aaron, did about the first 10 episodes or so. And then I can't remember when I joined that team and that podcast. A little after Pat, I did. Yeah, Pat, I came on a little after you and you and I have been doing the Joe show. Kyle basically started it. We've been continuing it, but we've never recorded together. But tonight oh, yeah. we're going to change that. That's right. I'm excited. Oh, he's excited. Pat. Kyle's getting reinstated. He's getting reinstated. I re-upped. <laughs> he re-upped. He went just a little bit more in the post-9-11 GI Joe run. Well, this is a part of the show where we're going to debrief our new recruit, which is King Size himself. Two questions for you, King Size. What's your origin story with G.I. Joe? How did you first discover the property? And when you're all done with that, I'm going to want to know what your three favorite characters are, be they Joe or Cobra. So, Lay us down your origin story, sir. Well, first off, I'm just going to give you a heads up that because Ryan broke the rules, uh, I'm oh, going to break no. the rules as well. So uh, I um, knew you shouldn't have let Ryan break the rules. <laughs> he, he set a terrible precedent. Chaos so. and pandemonium. Yeah, my G.I. Joe origin story really is kind of starts with all my nerd interests are comic story, and it's really uh, inherited a bunch of comics and G.I. Joe figures uh, from my dad's youngest brother, Jeff. He was more into Transformers, and so there's a lot more uh, Transformer toys and episodes taped off the TV, and then you had the Family Home Entertainment tapes as well, Transformers. So I watched a lot more Transformers growing up. There were a few G.I. Joe episodes he had taped off the TV or FHE 
home releases. And so I fell in love with those. My favorite one was uh, Cold Slither. He had taped off, uh, I think it was WGN. I love that episode. Nice. Um, but he actually had a huge run of the original G.I. Joe comics. Uh, started with about issue 13 and ran to about 85, 86 all uh, for the Order of Battles, kind of the Who's Who style or uh, Ohatmu style uh, character profiles. And then hit a lot of the Tales of G.I. Joe reprints from the, the first few issues that, that he was missing. So I got to read pretty much the, the whole run from 1 through 85. And then he had the special missions as well. And so my grandma started giving me those when I was five or six. And so some those were like uh, definitely the first comics I ever read, but some of the first things I ever read. And, you know, I just read them out of order or whatever, but really came to fall in love with G.I. Joe from that. You know, uh, one figure I loved playing with uh, growing up that was his was the uh, version two of Storm Shadow. Nice. And, but the first two I ever got my own figures uh, would have been Christmas uh, 1991. Got the version three of Duke, which was kind of like the sand camel with like the red highlights. And then Big Bear from the October Guard. Ooh. He's younger than us, Pat. I've discovered I am. This. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was born in 1987. Yeah. So a little younger than uh, most Joe fans. So absolutely Still. love the comics. I, I remembered when uh, they made the move to first they moved to like five inch figures or four and a half. There's a black, uh, the guy was white <laughs> in a, a black uh, military suit, kind of the, the lead bad guy from that line. A very Nazi-like uniform. I, d- I don't remember his name. Was that I, the, I, the G.I. Joe Extreme? Extreme? No, it was before the Extreme. Oh, it was before wow. the Extreme. They went from like, you know, three and three quarters to I think like four and a half inch. And then the next wave after that was when they went to the full-on Extreme, which were like okay. the next size up. Are those the Sergeant Savage Joes? It might have been. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. I just learned about those recently myself, about a big bag of used figures at a convention I was at. And I was like, why are these slightly taller than the other Joes? I did some yes. research. And yeah, and so I had out. the main bad guy from that line. Yeah, and I remember the guy in a suit. But, yeah, I had a bunch of them. They sold really well on eBay. <laughs> <laughs> I only collect the three and three quarters, so I sold yep. off the Sergeant Savage. I don't even know if I still have that one. God, I got to get all, all my figures and stuff I still have. So I didn't really like the G.I. Joe Extreme. But then I remember when they went back to the three and three quarter size there, and this was when I was first getting to peruse the internet, look up, I think it was off of Hasbro's website, and you could see that there was these three packs that are only available at Toys R Us. Mm-hmm. I did not have one of those really around me as a kid growing up. And so the one town my aunt lived in. They did. And so typically from her for my birthday and for Christmas, then I would get one of those G.I. Joe three packs. So, yeah, I love G.I. Joe. I unfortunately, cool. I missed this 2001 series for the most part. It was before I had a driver's license and the nearest comic book shop was about 35 miles away. So no. I missed out on that. The only uh, issue I was really able to find in probably about 2004, 2005, uh, when I first learned about the series and able to go to a comic book store, drive there. I uh, got issue six. What is the best cover in the series? Yeah, so excellent. Um, excellent. Kind well, of welcome been, to uh, Fort Longbox, man. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I'll tell you and all our listening audience. I tell you what, I'm sure it changes from location to location. But we've got a second and Charles comic book. He's not just comic books, books, records, media store in our area. I don't know how far they reach, but I'm always finding Joe's issues there, and they're pretty affordable. Like from this run, they're usually about a buck a piece. Oh, wow, nice. So it's a great way to fill those in. You know, you mentioned something in your origin story about Tales of G.I. Yeah, Joe. I was going to say is, the same. I've heard of those, but I've never laid eyes oh, on one. No, I've, that was my never only have. way of back then uh, getting the those older issues that run from one through. Uh, oh, okay. I'm trying to think of how high they went up on Tales. 15, I believe. 15, I think it was 15 okay. issues between yeah. 88 and 89 that ran that reprint the first 15 issues. Oh, okay. Jason and I were lucky enough that we got on board, toot, toot, you know, when it all started. Mm-hmm. So 
I've never laid eyes on a Tales of G.I. Joe. Oh, if I have, I certainly don't remember it. That'd be, it. that'd be cool, though. They reused all the original covers and everything, so it wasn't like there was new covers on them or anything. It was just essentially served as uh, second or third prints of gotcha. the first 15 issues. I know issue two got a second print that I think was like 86 or 87, and so by the time Tales of G.I. Joe rolled around in 88, that would have been the third time. Issue mm-hmm. two mm-hmm. would have been reprinted full size, plus you had the digest size reprints, too. Yeah, I was going to say that was, again, the either was Tales or the Digest that was able to help fill in the gap that I had going up. You know, I got issue number one in king size, treasury. Treasury, size. Yep. yep. I got that, that I one. That. That's awesome. I it have is. all That's the Digests. I have all of them. Do you know why, Pat? Because you're so small. They make your hands look bigger when you read Yeah, them. they make me feel like a giant when I read yeah. them. That's why I have Because you're so giant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about your three favorite characters that you're intending to not follow the rules on? So I'm going to go with top five for both Cobras and Joes. So this is willy nilly. I know. Ryan got a top 10. I'm going to get a top 10. We can see who's is better, Kyle's or Ryan's. Yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of similarities there. <laughs> I mean, when you go to 10 characters, it's. I well, think yeah. you're going to be hitting the same points. Are you going to start with Cobra or Joe? I'm going to start with Cobras. Okay, you're going to start with number five, or are they in no particular order? They're in no particular order. All right, um, is the first one Firefly, because he's my favorite. No, no, All it's right, not Firefly. Particular Over! Speaking of that, quick tangent here. What do you guys think of the uh, G.I. Joe Black, the six-inch line that Hasbro's announced? Have you guys seen those? I pre-ordered them from a toy store that had to send me an email that said, oops, we offered these too early, we weren't supposed to. Mm. <laughs> Please hold so okay. I will get them all when they come out or, or become. Okay. You didn't do the special edition Snake Eyes for 40 bucks or anything off of Hasbro Pulse, did you? I didn't even know about it. This is news to no. me. Exactly they, like they, news. they had like a super deluxe Snake oh, Eyes. So fancy. I think the way it shipped was like it had the how Snake Eyes is going to come in his box packed in a bigger box that had additional pieces. Oh, see, these are things that are killing me. I know that it exists, but... But anyway, speaking of that, if you like that six-inch line, I, I think there is a Fortnite six-inch line that has a character in it that looks exactly like Firefly. So if you're mm-hmm. going to cool. get a little six-inch line, there's already a Firefly that fits in with that that's not really a Firefly, but you should definitely check that out. Cool. Anyway, top five Cobras. Cobra Commander. I love the armored suit the best. Ooh, armored suit. I, Interesting. When I uh, was getting... Uh, Fed the comics by my grandma. I'd go to her house. She'd give me a big stack of them as she was finding them. Uh, that uh, glorious cover to uh, number 58 with the uh, reveal of Cobra Commander in the armors. I always loved that one. So that one has a fond uh, place in my heart. Of course, you got to have Destro, Baroness. I like Storm Shadow. I, I said I had the version 2 uh, figure growing up. And then I know you guys aren't real big on Zartan, but I always loved Zartan, the Dreadnoughts. They always had such sweet uh, covers on the comics. If I was Zartan, yeah, it's no, Brad Abraham, yeah. who's anti Zartan. <laughs> <laughs> but I think of the, uh, of the Dreadnoughts, Road Pig was probably my favorite. So oh, yeah. That's a cover up to uh, 83 where he's like throwing a dumbbell. I was thinking your cover. fifth slot then? Is, is it Road Pig? Yes. Yeah. Over I, Firefly? Yes. Ridiculous. Yep. This is the dumbest yep. episode we've ever recorded. <laughs> I guarantee I'll be the only person that tells you that Road Pig is one of his favorite characters. So. Yeah, that's cool. No, I I mean, he's a standout character. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Sure. So on the Joe side, Duke, of course. Snake Eyes, of course. The covers to issue 53 and 63. The series, I, I was just love staring at those as a kid. Dusty, I, I love the uh, Special Missions number 13 cover and issue. Feature Dusty. And then Stalker and Scarlet. In my top five oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. I like those. Yeah, some good point choices there. Mm-hmm. And that's what's nice about asking this because you get different takes. That's right, incorrect uh, takes, but different. Sure. 
<laughs> no, actually, I like you're right, Pat. You're absolutely right. I like to hear the different takes of different characters that people love. That you know, yeah. different characters get getting to be. Well, you know, I'm a big Beachhead guy. Beachhead ain't on everybody's top list, right? It's on mine. Well, it's because you're doing it right. So you just you really love characters that have their face covered up in ski masks. Then, yeah, I guess that's a theme. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Well, with that rule-breaking list of characters, I will turn it back over to DJ Cristados for this episode's Intelligence Report. All right, well, I think next time we have Mr. Ryan Daly, Battle Balls himself, back on the show, we may have to have him peeling some potatoes for quite a while for us. KP duties. Yeah, yeah, and see what he started here. All right, well, for this mission, we'll be covering G.I. Joe number eight. It was published by Image, got a cover date of July 2002, but its on-sale date was July 10th, 2002. Editor was Scott Weirly, writer is Josh Blaylock, penciler Steve Currith and Jamal Igel, inker John Larder, and Clayton Brown. Colorist is Hi-Fi Color and Design. Letterer goes to Dreamer Designs, and cover art is another one by Mike Zek. Zek, Zek, Zek. Zek, Zek, Zek. No sound effects needed. I got you covered. And speaking about getting me covered, let's go ahead and talk to Death Probe as he gives us the brief cover description. I got it. The image eye is black and the cover price is $2.95. The main action continues the run by Joe cover god Mike Zek, Zek, Zek. Alright, done in a very black, shadowy theme, we see Storm Shadow emerging from the darkness to surprise and threaten General Hawk, as the General is in mid-phone call at his desk. That's about it. So, let's go ahead and find out what you guys think of the cover. And we'll start with our guest, Kyle. What's your thoughts on this cover? I like the design, the layout, or the concept. I feel like the execution falls a little flat on, really just due to Hawk's face. I can't get over his, his face just looks a little odd. It really looks old. And actually, there's uh, an actor that uh, this face reminds me of. I can't think of his name. He's a character actor that kind of plays a scumball in a lot of things. Actually, mm-hmm. I think he's one of the government agents in the Rocketeer movie. But the guy typically plays an unlikable character, so I can't help but see this cover and see that picture of that guy's face that I have so much disdain for all these movies. Dude for the Rocketeer! Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. I feel bad grading a Zach cover that low, especially when his cover to number 6 is just awesome. But um, this one, definitely not on that same level, so I'm going to give it 3 less flags. So, 7 out of 10 flags. Jared? I think I like it a little better than Kyle. We all know I'm a sucker for Zach. I love his Storm Shadow. I get what he's saying about the Hawk, (laughs) because I had to actually question myself is that general hawk or is that one of the jugglers i wasn't sure yeah. i found him a little slack though because yeah he looks older but then again it's been seven years so he is older so i do cut him that slack but i like the moment i like how he captures the moment i like how he's just leaning in out of the darkness hawk is obviously surprised and i like the red glow from the foe so those are my thoughts why don't you tell us what your thoughts are pat i was kind of questioning it myself of who that was on the cover besides Storm Shadow. I like the blackness of it, the all black top of it. 
uh, and then storm shadow coming out of the blackness of it and just the detail in the the sword in his hand and also on the back that's onto his back mm-hmm. i like that but i i do kind of agree with kyle now that he mentioned it just i don't know if it, maybe it's because you can't see his eyes that much the, the pupils of his eyes I'm, when i look at this i can't see it because of you know the rim of the hat is making a shadow i figured out the actor Ed Louder. That's whose face it reminds me of. Ed Louder. Now you got me wanting to watch The Rocketeer again. Oh, it's a good idea. It's on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. I just saw that scrolling through the day and I'm like, oh, Rocketeer, I gotta watch it. Ah, and I remember now what I hate him the most from. He's in not another teen movie. He's the coach. He's super unlikable in that. (laughs) (laughs) You guys might be too old for that movie, but that was a... I've actually seen it, but I don't remember it. That came out when I was 14, so I was right in the target demographic there. (laughs) Yeah, I worked in a movie theater about that time, so there's not much I didn't see. Again, I, I do agree with you guys as well, too, on this. Just the rest of the red from the monitor or whatever is coming in, how that's highlighted there as well, too, so... Why don't we go ahead and give this a rating? Kyle gave us his already. The jump of the gun. Green shirt over there. (laughs) So let's find out how we want to rate this cover on a scale of 1 to 10 flag points. 1 meaning you didn't like it at all, and 10 meaning it was perfect, and you should make this a recruiting poster out of it. Kyle, do you want to change your answer? (laughs) I think he's going with a no, seven. I don't, I don't okay. think so. I think, uh, I think uh, a seven. I give him a chance. I give him a shot. Sure. Actually, and I actually am wearing a green shirt, so it's very... <laughs> I, I did green shirts. I did look it up, too. That character was from Sergeant Savage Line, the guy I was talking about. And it's actually General Blitz, the main bad guy, the, the head of the Screaming Eagles. That's okay. something I wouldn't have known about two months ago. I just learned it myself. I'm glad we were going to put all the knowledge together. Now I wonder mm-hmm. if I still have him somewhere. In the box. And you know what? You know why? Because no one have to. Is like between forty nine and fifty one percent of the battle, mm-hmm. and twenty five percent blue lasers, twenty five percent red lasers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jared, how are you going to rate this cover? One to ten. Flight. I'm going to give this one an eight. You know, I'm a homer for Zek. It's not the perfect covers that we've seen from him so far. But I've been throwing down tens left and right, but I think it's a solid eight. What about you, Pat? I'm going to give it a nine just to up you. Oh, up you. Yeah. Up you, Jared. <laughs> I'm giving this a nine. Zek, 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 I'd really like the way Storm Shadow looks here. Yeah. Just that menacing Love it, love it. Nothing wrong with that, man. I think it's the black and the fade to the red really makes this one pop for me. So with the cover out of the way, let's get back to Death Probe for the story synopsis in our mission brief. On G.I. Joe Chronicles, we like to mix things up a bit. I'm going to have DJ Crisados pull the randomizer to determine the synopsis point of view. Will I tell it from Joe's point of view or Cobra's point of view? Let's find out. Crisados, pull that lever. Pulling it now, Jared. The lever has chosen Cobra. Hank, we get Cobra a lot. Yeah. We, we use a genuine randomizer. We're not making this up, people. So here we go. Cobra Let me tell you, this whole Destro, son of Destro thing is getting confusing as hell here at Cobra HQ. But in the end, Destro is somewhat forgiven and is working with Cobra Commander again. But at the cost of revealing his mask technology and turning Alexander's lady friend Lillian over to the Commander. And dang it if those Joes don't have eyes everywhere. 
We were pretty pleased when they fell for our fake nuke ruse on the seas last issue. But they somehow got word about the real nuke coming in through Canada, and they foiled that plot too. But things aren't all failing. We successfully infiltrated Storm Shadow into one of the secret Joe locations, and we could have General Hawk at our mercy in no time at all. As long as Snake Eyes doesn't show up. I'm all sure right. he won't. No, he won't. Yeah. Well, it's that time. It's time to get to the highs and the lows of this issue. So you know how it works, Pat. Let me explain it to the guests. We're going to go through two rounds. You can pick a high or a low. I'm not really explaining it to the guests. I'm explaining it to you, Pat, because you always like to do 46, 47 highs or lows. It's one high or one low. I'm sorry, Jerry. My headset wasn't working. Don't act like you can't hear me. Okay, so, I'm ready. Let's go high low. All right. I believe yep. codename King Size to show you how it's done. Okay. In our first round, King Size, do you have a high or a low? And which one is it? What do you got? All right. I got a high. And it's just Blaylock's writing in general, specific to how he handles shipwreck. That's a character I've never really liked. He's always kind of graded on me a little bit. I found him a little bit annoying. But he's written him to make be uh, a character you can really uh, enjoy, engage with, and find really relatable. Also with his writing, he's done a great job so far of, you know, four the Cobra organization without them seeing like idiots, I guess, right? I mean, if you're, your villain is comes across as a, as a joke, there's no real threat there. So he's managed to uh, thwart their efforts, but still make them seem like a very credible threat, yeah. which is a tough thing to do. And especially the, the fact he was, a, what, like 22 when he was writing this is just absolutely amazing. So great mm-hmm. writing by Josh Boylock. Yeah, we've definitely commented on several episodes. Nothing wrong with that. What do you think, Pat? Hi, low, what the? You want to defend Shipwreck first or? I did want to ask Kyle on the Shipwreck. Is it in the comics or from the TV shows that give you that kind of a Shipwreck vibe? Oh, he was definitely handled better in the comics, but my first exposure to him was the cartoon and first impressions okay. die hard. So I feel like this series does a good job of being like an amalgamation of mm-hmm. each from the cartoon as well as the original series. Kind of like a, a greatest hits or ultimate version. Obviously, it's much more steeped in the, the comic mythology, kind of serving as a direct sequel to that. Because much in the, the same vein as like what uh, Dreamwave was doing with the Transformers at the same time was kind of making this ultimate or amalgamation, pulling from both the original 80s cartoon and the, the original comics to kind of form this super version. Mm-hmm. I guess Batman the Animated Series is probably the best version of that, right? Kind of pulling from multiple sources to have this perfect distillation of that. That's kind of what I feel like is going on here. And so again, yeah, Shipwreck wasn't real bad in the comics or anything, but that's uh, just hard to get. That's how he was in the cartoon. So I think it was Neil Ross was his original voice, right? Same guy that did Springer in the Transformers cartoon. And Springer's like the ultimate man yeah. in the, the Transformers cartoon. So. I'll go with yes. <laughs> Pat, I sure. think you just dropped the word distillation on our podcast, by the way. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means. Yeah, well, we'll look it up later. Yep. For me, I'm just going to piggyback off of what Kyle said on the storytelling in this one. I am really getting into this story arc that we're in. We are in part three of four, so we're getting close to the end. And, of course, it ramped up at the end of when we see that final reveal of who's waiting for him behind the door. I'm really enjoying how Cobra and Destro kind of are interacting at their, you know, their conference meeting there in the big meeting room that they, that Destro has in this castle. Uh-huh. And I enjoyed the story that's going on on the Joe side as well, too. I think that's three highs. Good for yep. you. Thank you. Uh, all right. I got high and then some sub highs. <laughs> some sub highs. Yeah. He can't help himself, people. You know, I'm going to be very specific, and I'm sure I'm probably stealing someone's high from round two, and I don't care. I love the reveal at the end. Snake Eyes, Storm Shadow's about to square off, you know. Mm-hmm. After the Joes have been chasing him all over the base, Storm Shadow pops that door open, and there's Snake Eyes standing there, wonderfully drawn, very excited, very reminiscent of the end of the last book 
where Storm Shadow got a big reveal on the last panel. Yeah. We get the big reveal that Snake Eyes is back in town. So that I really liked. And I'll just keep my highs to one thing, because that's the rules. And we will go back to Kyle for round two. High or low, sir? Another high. This time I'm just going to say the artwork in general continues to be awesome. Steve Kurth, and then I guess Jamal Eigel in this issue as well. I'll continue mm-hmm. to knock it out the park. Great job by the anchors. It didn't seem like there was too much discernible difference between the two artists. I tried to kind of follow and see what pages or panels mm-hmm. I go might have done the curse. I didn't really notice that many, except in the beginning there were a couple of shots of Destro's face that looked a little inconsistent. He was had a little rounder face in some of the panels compared mm-hmm. to more iron jaw and some of the other ones, so uh, I wonder if that's really the only place I could see. Maybe there's two different artists dealing in there, but of course there's no better display of the art than that, that final splash page cliffhanger reveal with Snake Eyes. That's just an incredible page there. Oh, yeah. And I was right there with you. I was when I saw there was two artists, I was perusing to see if I could tell the noticeable difference, and I couldn't. So they matched up pretty well. I probably could if I spent a lot of time with it, but as I read through it, I never felt like, we've switched artists. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. kudos to the anchor and to the pencilers for keeping a, a fair amount of consistency. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And there was two inkers. Oh, that's true. There was two inkers. So I wonder if each uh, one of the pencilers had an inker. They found a way to stay consistent, oh. which is cool. Pat... And do you have a high or a low for round two, Pat? You know, I don't know if it's a high or low. It's a question. Mm. And it's a question we've had. And I'm wondering if I took it right in this. Hawk talks about, oh, we knew what was going on. We knew that the nuke was going to be in Canada. And so we did this other one. And they have two green shirts that are embedded into the Dreadnoughts. Mm-hmm. Remember we were going back to Jinx and the Dreadnoughts? Yes. Meeting? Yes. I was wondering what was going on there. So I'm wondering if that's like a little callback or tie back to that. I'm wondering too. You know, when they mention about the two green shirts that they have in there and they're like, oh, Chuckles? And they're like, no, no, we can't have anybody that they would know. We need to have two new green shirts in there. So I'm kind of interested in that too. Maybe these green shirts will become somebody as well too. I don't know. I'm, a, I'm interested in the fate of Chuckles. This whole thing is to go undercover and now they're like, we can't use him undercover. So what's he doing? Restocking the vending machines? <laughs> Selling that Chuckles candy. You know. <laughs> Get your Chuckles here. <laughs> How about you? For my final round, I'm going to give a low. I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm going to give a low. I get what Blaylock was doing when he had Kamakura square off against Storm Shadow for the first time. He wanted to establish that Storm Shadow was better. Sure. I'm okay with that, but kind of made Kamakura out to be a complete punk. I don't know that Kamakura even landed a hit on him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, man. Disciple of Snake Eye should... I, I just felt like the fight should have been a little better, and it felt very one-sided to me. I, I'm a Kamakura fan... And this was like his first real moment to go ninja on ninja. And, and he just he got a punked out. I don't know. I'd like to see him just a little bit better of a fight. I don't want to see him win. Storm Shadow needs to win, but just a better of a fight. I could see that. I definitely see where you're coming from there. Yeah, I appreciate it. These are the things that keep me up at night, boys. <laughs> with our two official rounds out of the way, we've got our round three, which is just any burning highs or lows, things you wanted to really get out. Anybody can talk on this round except for Pat. So, King Size, what you got for us? Anything else you needed to get out before we move on? No, I don't think so. Take a note, I'm Pat. Really enjoying the, the look back at the series. Excellent. Excited to see where it goes from here. Us too. All right, Pat, do you think? One more thing as I was looking through the book here, I wanted to say the art 
and the story of bringing in the Snow Joes. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's just I like to see the Snow Joes come in, into play here. You got Snow Job, Frostbite, and the different vehicles as well, too, I thought was really cool to see. Yeah, yeah paid a little attention. We got a, a seascape on the last issue and a yeah. snowscape on this issue. He really knows how to spread around. Yeah, Josh really knows how to slowly bring in the Joe universe. All right, I will now hand it back to DJ Cristados for the IG's report on the combat readiness of this issue. And for those of you that don't speak military, that means we're going to score this issue's story on the same 1 to 10 flag point scale we used earlier. And with that, let's ask Kyle King Size, what's it going to be? 1 to 10 flag points for this. I got to give it a 9. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the run so far. I'm looking back at this. I'm really excited to see where it goes. Jared, 1 to 10. I'm going to stick with my boy King Size over there. I think this is a solid 9, and I like where it's going. What about you, Pat? I'm going to up again. Up you. (laughs) Up you. I'm going to up you one more. (laughs) And I'm going to just to make it a double up you. Oh. You know. (laughs) Wow. I'm going to you give it a give it an 18. <laughs> You're going to double my points. <laughs> 18, carry the one, and then I minus it. Oh, you as minus we it. always do. Yeah. Right. And then yep. you end on a what? I end up on a 10. Perfect 10. I He's like loving the story. It. I like the art, and I'm just interested in finding out more where this goes. So much like Loverboy, you're loving every minute of it. All right. I want to touch that dial. Turn me on. Shoot me like a rocket. rocket (laughs) (laughs) Everybody's on board. (laughs) And now it's time to award this episode's Silver Star Medal or Silver Snake for gallantry in action. This is where each of us get to reward the character in this issue who went above and beyond the call of duty or sneaky snakeness. Mm-hmm. Kyle, do you have someone you want to nominate? Yeah, I guess sneaky snakeness. You got to give it to Storm Shadow. He, uh, even though they were aware he was in there, had trouble uh, stopping him and confronting him. He's kind of slipped through their fingers like a sneaky mm-hmm. snake does until he finally ran into snake eyes on it at the end. Can't wait to see what happens next, but I think that's a great award. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jared. I'm going to give the silver star to snake eyes. Ooh. Yeah, he's only in it one panel, but I gave the, the silver the snake thing. last issue to All the right. storm shadow when he showed up for the last panel just because I went, oh, and snake eyes maybe went, oh, one more time. So, yep, snake eyes only in it for one panel. I'm sure starting in the next issue when we see him pick up from there, He's probably going to have some really great dialogue, some soliloquies he'll probably put out there for us, and he'll have really cool things to say. That's a Snake Eyes joke for anybody who doesn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) They're always better when I explain them, Pat. Yeah, (laughs) they are. And with that, I'm going to mute myself. (laughs) And salute to him. (laughs) Pat, who are you picking for your Silver Star or Silver Snake? I'm going to go with the Silver Star this time, and it's going to be, I'm going to go with Kamakura, just because he was thought he was going to be big enough to go after Storm Shadow. You can't knock his confidence. No. You can't knock his confidence. Like you said, I was kind of really looking for him to do something here, or at least kind of knock him off his block a little bit, but I know they, like you, you said, they had to build up Storm Shadow a little bit mm. more, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it to him for standing up probably in a fight that he knew he wasn't going to, but maybe he was there to give Snake Eyes enough time to hide out somewhere else. Bought him some time. Yes. Maybe so. Maybe so. And now I'll hand it back over to Jarrett for his segment, Death Probe's Toy Chest. It's here. 
the G.I. Joe collection. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Death Probes Toy Chest. It's my favorite segment because this is where I learned all about Joe's. That's how I got into Joe's. I've told you a million times. I came mm-hmm. in through the figures. Anyway, in this segment, I'll take something or someone featured in this issue and give you a brief toy history on it. And for this issue, I have selected someone we didn't mention in our recap. We didn't mention in our eyes or lows, but Tripwire is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we got to see Tripwire in this one. So I said, I'm going to take this opportunity. We're going to look at Tripwire for Death Probe's toy chest. His file name, stay with me on this, is Tormod S. Skoog. That's got to be an anagram for something. <laughs> I don't know T-S-S. what. Tormod S. Skoog. Let's give it out to the listeners. Yeah. Need some help. Help me out, man. I got nothing. His grade is E4 Specialist. He's a specialist, indeed. His birthplace is Hibbing, Minnesota. His primary specialty is explosive ordnance disposal. His secondary specialty is demolition. So if it blows up, he can stop it. If he wants it to blow up, he can make it happen. His figure description, he's basically got the OD green fatigues with a black mask and protective vest with gray gloves and boots. He came with the following accessories, a green backpack that housed three green mines and a black minesweeper. He was released carded for Series 2 in 1983 and discounted continued in 1985 and as of this recording april of 2020 there are six versions of the figure available tripwire was he in your toy chest pet no but i think the accessory was in the accessory pack that on i got on the pack yes yeah. okay i had that accessory going king on. size did you ever grab a tripwire I don't believe I ever did have a tripwire. You know, I think a lot of people didn't gravitate towards him as a figure because he didn't have a gun. He's more of a passive figure in that, you know, he basically would find the mines, which was cool, mm-hmm. but not a very offensive character. Still fun to see in the comic when he showed up here. Yes. And like it says in the file card, you know, his whole thing is he's a bumbling sort of klutz. But when it comes to his job, he's all business and he's, he's sharp. But when he does all that bumbling, it makes everybody nervous, especially when he's carrying around that suitcase nuke. There was a lot of laughs involved in yeah. the He's, he's like a walking mullet party in the back with his business up front. All business up front. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. And with that super cool comment, I'm going to hand it back to you, Pat. All right. Well, next up is our feedback segment called Combat Comms. As always, we'll start off combat comms with a roster of our battle-hardened Crusader Club veterans. These are the fine folks that have joined our Crusaders Club. They enjoy discounts from Jared's online store, theyardsaleartist.com, early access to special longbox episodes, free raffle giveaways, voting on show programming, and so much more. So these are the folks reaping the benefits and giving some much appreciated support to the show. Helica Wolf. Ow. Bill Bear. Blast it or stash it. Bob Buster. Braxton Underwood. David Collins. Battle Wagon. Gene Hendricks. Gerald Green. Greg Van Boeven. I, the Collector. Ivor Evans. Jeremy L. Jim Jarman. Joe Thomas. John Watson. John and Maggie. Jose Pollo. Maxwell Traver. Miranda W. Paul Hicks. Reggie Hancock. Rick from Jeff and Rick Present. Ross Mitchell. Ryan Daly. Samantha Maney. Sean Urbanski. Steve Cronin. Tim Price. Come on down. Toronto Comp. And our one-time donor, Bradford Williams. 
If we miss anyone on the list, we apologize. Please keep in mind that we record these episodes well in advance of release, so if you're a recent addition, we should be adding you soon. But still, no problem. Just let us know we missed you by sending an email to contact at longboxcrusade.com. Pat loves correspondence, and we will get it straightened out. Now, you might be asking yourself, how do I become a Crusaders Club member? How do I become a Crusaders Club member, Jared? It's very simple. Head over to Patreon.com and search for Longbox Crusade. For as little as $1 a month, as long as you're not Jason, you'll get access to the amazing world of the Crusaders Club. Come check it out. Now let's see what messages from our platoon of loyal listeners we have waiting for us on Breaker's ComSat. Communications officer, code name Breaker. Well, looking on the uh, ComSat, we got a few comments this time around, and we'll just be extra nice and let our friend... Kyle, the king size, pick any comment he would like to read. All right, I'm going to go short and sweet. I'm going to take Michael Wagner exclaiming, Beachhead! <laughs> That's correct, Michael Wagner. <laughs> Beachhead! My favorite Joe. Thank you, Michael. Go ahead, Pat. I will take one from Green Lantern HG, and he says, Another great episode, guys. Special trophy for at not Brad Abraham for being an awesome guest. And really, guys, Silver Star or Snake for Storm Shadow? He barely made the episode. That's what I said. Beachhead? Yes. He deserves the Silver Star. If nothing else, I crapped my pants like this face. <laughs> and then he must have been a, a... I don't know. I can't remember what I think it was, but... Yeah, I think he put some sort of gift on there or something, but you, you know what, Jill? I like your style. You know, I'm a beachhead guy. Just that storm show at the end got me so fired up. And I did it again. I did Snake Eyes. He's only one panel. I'm so fired up. <laughs> and I'll take our last comment from friend of the show, Ryan Daly. He says, sounds like Brad has to get a new website domain called, oh, I can see why some people like Zartan.com. <laughs> <laughs> he went from I hate Zartan.com to, oh, I can see why some people like Zartan.com. Yes, we're slowly transforming Brad into a Zartan. Yeah, we're doing well. <laughs> Ooh, that was a sharp Transformers noise. Well done. And that will bring us to Mission Complete status for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles, The Devil's Due Years. If you'd like to hear more from us in the realm of comic books, action films, vintage TV, movies, serials, and more, check out the entire Longbox Crusade Network. DJ Cristados, where can they find that? Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and most podcatchers, or at www.longboxcrusade.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram under at Longbox Crusade. Back to you, Jared. And if you'd like to chat with us online, uh, we can be found at... Pat, where can they find you? you well, Jared, I'm glad you asked, because you can find me on the Twitter at Christatos01. Jared? You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. You can check out my YouTube channel and watch me draw stuff. Also search Yard Sale Artist. You'll find me. And now, Kyle Benning, pimp yourself, sir. Tell them where they can find you and what they can listen to and all that wonderful stuff. You can find me on Twitter at Kyle Benning underscore art. My Twitter handle there is KSCGSF podcast. If you search for that in iTunes, you can also listen to my show, which really doesn't have that many new episodes. Uh, what I've been doing is taking uh, episodes that are four or five years old, so, you know, really current up at the times, and uh, re-uploading those. On a rare occasion uh, during these uh, corona shut-in times, 
quarantine. That's what, that's what I was looking for. Pat, you're running off on me. Uh, during this quarantine times, the rare occasion that I can uh, slip away and record anything, I'll, I put new episodes up uh, as well. So I've been listening to them, so great episodes. I well, I mean, what you're doing. Most of the shows, like content I cover is from comics that are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old anyway, so it's a matter of it was recorded five years ago. <laughs> we know what you're talking about. <laughs> we kind of do some similar stuff. And if you want to interact with us with live chat, be entered to win some free stuff on our live raffles. Join us for our next episode of Doing It Live stream over on YouTube. We do them on the second Sunday of every month, unless it falls on a holiday like Easter or Mother's Day. Then we'll probably bump it to the third Sunday. And we always start at 3.30 p.m. Central Time. At least I do. Most of the other guys, they show up when they want. You can get or signed things up. around in the <laughs> You can get signed up for that by looking up Longbox Crusade on YouTube. Please subscribe to our channel. Click the bell so you get reminder notifications of when we go live. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode of G.I. Joe Chronicles of Devil's Due Years. We will see you on the battlefield next episode where we will cover issue number nine. Until then, platoon, fall out. Yo, 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 yo. Oh, I didn't hold it long enough. Yo, Joe. Yeah. Yo, Joe. Yo, Joe. Cobra, la, 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 la. I can't do that. The music themes for this show are done by musical genius Joe November. Please check out his SoundCloud at joseflin 99 That's J-O-S-E-F-L-I-N-9-9. You will not regret it. Getting ready to be yeah, future fancy. It's, yeah, it's fra- fancy, fancy prep. Fra- that's hard to say. Fancy preparation. Try to say fancy preparation. <laughs> I have a hard enough saying other words. <laughs> okay, he's taking a pass on fancy preparation. Yes. It's hard to say. <laughs> I think I think he's organizing his cassette collection now. I think that's what Kyle's doing. I am plugging in my phone because it's my stuff. <laughs> ah, okay. I wonder no why I can hear it. That, didn't it sound like when you remove your cassettes yeah, when you were yeah. a kid? <laughs> and then, and then the, you get that end that breaks off. Like, oh, ah. That won't close. Because <laughs> that right. stupid knob thing won't go into it. Ugh. I hated it. <laughs> Dang it. You've gotten good at it. All right. It's a sat, not a scat. It's not a sack. <laughs> yeah. Come sack. Just for you. <laughs> so when you're done, ed- when you're editing this, you'll get that. Uh, yeah. Little thanks. nugget of goodness. There. I love your the nugget of your sack. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Another great episode, guys. Special trophy for at Jared Albrecht. Brad, not Brad, Abraham. Jared Albrecht. From an awesome guest. Oh, for being an awesome guest. I'll let you do it. I'll let you do it straight. No, keep doing it. That's fine. I'll put it in the outtakes just for geology. Okay. Well, Jared, I'm glad you asked. You can find us on the iTunes, Google Play, and much, and much more podcasters. And most (laughs) (laughs) And much big heat podcasts. Heat big heat podcasts, much more. (laughs) Hey, we should start our own much more podcast. All right. And most podcatchers with, or you can look up us on the web at <laughs> WWE. Just, just take it from the top. I'm dying over here. Whoa, what's wrong with that? <laughs>